Hey guys, if you haven't gotten a chance yet, please go check out 20th Century Geek. We did an episode with them where we talked about the Amityville horror and its legacy on haunted house films and the horror movie genre. We had a blast recording it, and you should go have a listen if you haven't had a chance to. Now time for shout outs. Big shout out to our moms. They were on the last episode. We called them up and they told us about the things we were afraid of when we were kids. It was really funny. We had a great time talking about it. You should check it out. Big shout out to them for being good sports and being on the podcast. Now, this week, we're talking about memorable meals. Thanksgiving has just happened. We're into the leftover phase. And Matt and I start talking about the movie meals that struck a chord with us. We're talking alien. We're talking... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're talking Hook. Is your favorite memorable meal on the list? We'll find out on the Launchpad Podcast. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. We're two roommates who haven't lived together in 10 years, so you might hear us call each other Rumi. You're totally well. We, 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 keep, we decided to put that in because we keep calling each other Rumi, and we realize if you haven't listened to us since the first episode, you don't know. Yeah, well, the question we get asked the most is, why do you call each other Rumi? <laughs> <laughs> and we explained that in the beginning, in like the intro of the first episode, but if you haven't listened to that in a while, you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving, Matt. Happy Thanksgiving, Rumi. Yeah. So Thanksgiving has just happened. This is airing probably the week after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited. This is one of my favorite holidays because it's all about food. And you know I like me some food. I do. And you hate you hate birds. So <laughs> it's a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> and today, as you can see in front of you, I have a feast prepared for us. Do you smell that turkey? I don't know what you're talking about. You smell those yams with the marshmallows on top? Mmm. Doesn't that look good? Look at these Parker House rolls. <laughs> I'm usually one to go along with a gag, but I do not know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Rumi, you can't see the cheeseburgers, the fries, <laughs> the jello. Yeah, I... I do see it. You do? Yeah. You're doing it, Rumi. <laughs> what do we have here? <gasps> oh. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You don't you don't want that. You don't want that. Let's just say it's your least favorite pizza. <laughs> Today we're talking memorable meals and movies. And to get things started, I had to talk about one that has always stuck with me, the one from Hook, the imaginary meal from Hook. When you told me I was doing it, then I and then I was on board. <laughs> that took a while. That was that was good, Rumi. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that for a couple minutes. And here's something really weird is in my head, I know that Never Neverland is a magical place. But did they actually eat, or did they just all still pretend that they were eating, and they just starved? That fat kid ate something. <laughs> <laughs> there was one kid there who was getting sustenance from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> eating other Lost Boys. Now, 
Hook is uh, one of my favorite movies. I grew up loving this movie. And okay. I, I realize that it's cheesy upon watching it later. it's I still love it. There's a big spot in my heart for it. And, and it is a little cheesy. But you still have to remember, one of the first things that Rufio says, <laughs> all adults are pirates. And we kill pirates. Right there, that tells me for all the fun and shenanigans that you see in this world, the skateboard games and the basketball and the right. crotch-sniffing flowers, there is an eternal war between children and pirates, and they kill pirates. Right. And that is badass. And even though later, like, at the end, it's basically like a nerf battle, like they're hitting them with eggs and shit. Right. In my head, it's dead, dead, head <laughs> yeah, exploded. They're poison dead. eggs. Yeah. They're poison eggs. They kill you. <laughs> They render you sterile, and then you mutate and die later. (laughs) You and I can never just watch a movie for what it is, especially a kid's movie. No. We always amend it and modify it to fit our own needs. (laughs) Would we get killed? Are we pirates? Because I think we're children at heart. I mean... I don't know if I believe in, like, fake food and shit, but I'm on board with, like, crazy skateboard basketball and shit. It's tough, because I love me some pirate shit. Agreed. But those pirates are all, like, dirty and, and gross. Would you rather be a child killing a pirate or a pirate? <laughs> <laughs> I would be. But here's the thing. Like, I'd be the guy trying to convince the kids that I'm cool. I'm like, no, Bangaran guy's totally cool. Dude, all fucking pirates say that to the kids. <laughs> no, seriously, don't kill me, bro. Rufio, yeah. <laughs> Rufio, I had the Rufio action figure. He came with a little, like, skateboard made of bamboo. That's awesome. <laughs> I have a Rufio dog. He's kind of a dog. <laughs> well, we've been excited to do this episode for a while. This is one that we've had on our uh, idea list for a while. Oh, yeah. This bullet's been in the chamber for a while. Yeah. And this is, we. I feel like we have some good stuff for you guys. So we definitely have Hook. And now I remember them like smearing that, they get that like, goo and they're eating that goo that, yeah. I wanted to try that. I always wondered what, I remember as a kid wondering what it would taste like. It's like frosting, obviously. It's like some awesome. sort of like, yeah, super good. Get you like, get the kids like, Roided up on a sugar rage to kill pirates. <laughs> oh, I made it! <laughs> Ruby, oh, <laughs> It's funny that you say that, that that was a movie and a meal that stuck with you, because I have a movie and a meal that has stuck with me. What do you got? Well, growing up, I always thought that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was the best Indiana Jones movie. I now have changed my vote since I'm an adult, Yeah, but I loved that movie. And in the first act, when we've just gotten introduced to most of the main characters, they sit down to a nice dinner. (laughs) And uh, I don't remember which course comes first, but it includes beetles, giant beetles like the size of my hand that they scoop the insides out and eat. Yeah. It involves snake surprise. <laughs> Ooh, what's the surprise? Cut that bitch open. It's a giant python or something. Cut it open and a bunch of smaller snakes wriggle out. These people are eating the wriggling out snakes. It's so gross. Awesome. One of my favorite parts of that is a chilled monkey brains. <laughs> and they bring out this like this like this monkey that's face is doing the Jack Nicholson from the end of the shining impression. <laughs> yeah. He's like uh, and they just pop his little head off. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> and the best is like, imagine that now. Like, there's a cut scene somewhere where like the whole staff of that 
sort of restaurant is going crazy. <laughs> we have to get the monkey brains for table six. Go, go, go. And they, like, as they're scooping the brains in, because that's part of the presentation, they didn't like prepare them in the skulls. Yeah. They prepare them in there, and then they're very gently, nicely putting all the monkey top of heads back on. Can you re- imagine like... A- a, a, can you imagine a Gordon Ramsay back in that kitchen? Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? You, you don't know how to put eyeballs in a soup, right? You can't put eyeballs oh, in a soup. Oh, that's right. There are eyeballs in the yeah. soup in that one, too. <gasps> oh, man. It is It is so disgusting. Pretty offensive, too, that it's like foreign people eat weird shit. Yeah, you know how those guys are. <laughs> um yeah, the Asian people are going to try to steal your steal your diamond while kicking a poison around or a po- kicking an antidote around. I remember uh, in my house growing up, we were always, at least I and my parents were always very big on trying. Like, try new food if you never yeah. had it before. And I have, we ate some pretty exotic stuff growing up once. Like, well, not like once in a while. It's like my mom cooked monkey brains all the time. But like... It was always like, oh, if you like, if you like it, try it, <laughs> or if you, or if you had never ha- had it, try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Sure. And I remember watching that, and being like, I guess I would try it. <laughs> like, I, I would try it, but I don't have any, Ooh. any good feelings about that. Yeah, that would be tough. That would be really. You wouldn't try it. I would try it. I've tried bugs, different types of bugs. I've eaten like eyeballs. I've had fish eyes. Well, I guess I probably have too. Suck them right out. <laughs> I would try, uh, chilled monkey brains. But like live wriggling steaks, you know, the, the eat something alive thing, like the, the I know uh, in like the movie Old Boy, the guy eats a, right. uh, a live octopus. No, thanks. I'm good. Like that's. Oh, see, up. I would try that purposely because <laughs> that must feel so weird. <laughs> don't you think? Well, yeah, because it's like, no, I don't want to go down your throat. No. Yeah. It's like fighting you the whole time. <laughs> that's the struggle of life in a meal. Right. Gulp. I, I don't need to be so upfront and personal with my my struggle. No, I'm life. on board. Bring the bring the struggle. <laughs> and then right afterwards, you're like, I'd like to have a cheeseburger, and they're like, Go choke this cow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's how you think hamburgers are made. <laughs> <laughs> Only how big Macs are made. So awesome. <laughs> so up next, this one scared me because. The image of it was on the box art of the VHS in huh. the video store. Okay. And this is Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which uh. was a shitty movie. I mean, by all accounts, I don't think this movie's that great. But it has a great kill in it. And it's the one where the rich girl is at a dinner party with her parents. And she's like, I don't want to eat. And her mom says, we diet so we can eat at fancy parties and not make people feel Awkward, and I'm like, really? Is that why we do it? Mm-hmm. And well, you're, then, we're not, you're not rich. When you're rich, that's oh, what you do. That's what happens. So then Freddie shows up, dressed as a chef, and he straps her into her chair and then, like, force-feeds her a Barbie doll of her, and he yeah. keeps, like, pulling guts out of this Barbie doll and, like, jamming in her throat to the point that her cheeks are all extended like a giant creepy chipmunk, and he starts burping her, and it's just really disgusting and pretty, like, goes on for a long time. It's pretty arresting to watch. She's very uh, garbage pail kid looking with the big <laughs> swollen cheeks, right? She's got shit falling out of her mouth. It looks like a garbage pail character. She really does. It. Oh, God, yeah, it's a messy Tessie for sure. <laughs> it's going to say dinner party, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that movie? That movie's a piece of shit. The Garbage Pail Kids movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that at some point. Oh, man. So, Rumi, what, what are you thinking of our imaginary meal so far? Oh, it's not bad. I just wish I knew what it was made of. Uh, you don't want to know what it's made of. <coughs> you okay? Uh, <coughs> the food's not that bad, baby. 
Welcome to the launch pad, alien. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Anna. The first idea that I had when we were discussing this topic was the chest, the original chest bursting scene in Alien. Yep. I cannot think of a more iconic meal because nobody was ready for that. As the story goes, even the cast and some of the crew were not ready for what was going to happen. They didn't know what the actual effect was going to be. They just knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Something with his chest was going to happen. And that is just really crafted well as a scene. All talking. You have one of those engineer characters is talking, you know, busting John Hurt's balls about the food not tasting that bad. Yeah. And all of a sudden he starts choking, choking, choking. He tries to jam a, uh, a fork in his mouth because he thinks he's having a seizure. And then just... Oh, so awesome. It is insane. And... and I will never forget the first time I saw that mm. on a VHS at a friend's house late night at a sleepover. And it was just like, what the hell is happening right now? Incredible. I, I think it's one of the most memorable moments, one of the most effective moments in cinema history. Oh, I agree. It's incredible. And, and the thing about all these, to, to back up just a smidge, is that when you have a meal and what makes a meal scene in a movie so important is it shows the camaraderie. Sure. Sometimes it doesn't, but it shows people coming together to share. Mm. And whether it's ideas or with food, that's the symbolism of sharing with each other. You know, everybody having a meal, there's something really cathartic about that and something very human about that. Sure, and I feel like it is, I was going to say the word I was going to use is comfortable because I think yeah. for a good chunk of your life, theoretically, most of your meals are with your family. It's part of a routine. It's part of a dynamic that you have with the people that you're supposed to love the most. Exactly. And like you said, usually you're discussing hopes and dreams. You're discussing what you did today. It really is a place to connect with other people. And that's why I think this and a lot of the other scary and horror type sequences we have here yeah. work because it kind of turns that convention on its ear by almost lulling the audience into, yeah, come to the table, we're going to talk. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and every time like a movie, instead of being like a nice family dinner, turns into something super awkward or scary, exactly. It's just tearing, it's taking that convention, shredding it up so that sure. you're just like, I'm not safe anymore. Oh, right. No. Right. And and I, I love that. And I think Aliens is one of the best examples of it just ever. Alien is a great one just because it because it does such a great job. And I feel that the first two Alien movies do this of of crafting this crew as a family. Exactly. You believe that they've been together for a while. You believe that this is the hundred thousandth dinner that they've eaten together. And then it surprises you. Well, and it's at that moment, it's also lulled you into a false sense of security because you're like, oh, man, he had this alien on his face. And you think that that is the danger. Correct. And then it falls off and you're like, oh, I can take a breath now. It's going to be OK. Oh, they're going to have a meal and it'll be OK. Like it, it lulls you into this like, right. this is the safe point. And then they're going to find that face hugger again or something else is going to happen with that. You right. don't realize that it's laid eggs in his stomach. Exactly, exactly. And then it's, I like that because it is a surprise type of scare that works so well. But there are other movies 
that don't necessarily have a surprise happen at the dinner, but it still turns that convention upside down. Do you Absolutely. have any? Do you have one that comes to mind as far as that's concerned? I do have a movie, the greatest splat stick film ever made, one of the goriest movies ever made, Dead Alive, has one of the oh. couple of the grossest dinner scenes in it. Sure. So in it, the the main character, his mom gets bit by a, a zombie rat monkey. Sure. You know, like, you do. As it happens. And she starts falling apart, and he's trying to, like, put her back together, but she's she's dying from this monkey rat bite. And some people, some friends come over to their house, and they have a meal with them, and he brings out the dessert, which is, like, this soupy, gross custard stuff. Because it's made in one of those wacky countries. Yeah, and... The that was racist. <laughs> what I meant by wacky countries was... Uh, New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> well, they eat this gross custard, and the mom's wounds proceed to like spew goop into everybody else's custard. And at yeah. one point, her own ear falls off into her custard, and she eats it. And it's disgusting. It's so gross. But that's just the first scene. So then, when later in the movie, he has a bunch of zombies that mm -hmm. he's trying to like take care of. For whatever reason, the zombies get super horny, and he's trying to keep them from boning while feeding them gross custard while they're, like, eating themselves and trying to fuck each other. And it just <laughs> is this cacophony of... It does make for a memorable meal. Yeah, it's, for sure. it's wrong in all sorts of ways. But that movie is amazing. I think that uh, that is such a great disgusting splatty movie it is and that's definitely one that i have not seen in a while but you're right there's just so many talk about a memorable meal there's so many parts of that doesn't he isn't he feeding someone the custard and it's coming out there like they have a wound in their neck and it's coming out their neck dude at one point somebody take picks up a, a spoonful of it and jams it in their mouth so hard it comes out the back of their oh head. that's right yeah yeah it's so gross. that movie's great <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jackson, man. Peter Jackson at his best. Yep, I'm dying to show that to my wife and be like, you know that guy who does like trolls and hobbits that he loves so much? Yeah. Look at this. Oh man, I had this on the background at a Halloween party once, and people were like, "What is going? What is this movie?" <laughs> I mean, it it culminates in a guy with a lawnmower strapped to his chest walking through a room of zombies and just destroying all of them. Just, yeah. just so gory. I love that. Um, and it definitely, that has you written all over oh, it. It's <laughs> silly. It's fun. It's gory. It's amazing. Well, Matt, you ready for the soup course? <laughs> okay. Smell that delicious soup? Yeah. He's, he's, there's no soup here, just so you guys know, but he's literally picking up a bowl of soup and passing it over to me. Here you go. Here's some soup. All right. Soup for you. Soup for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's miming that. It's our imaginary. Okay, so right? I will. I'm actually, and I'm actually miming eating it. Mm. All right. This pretty is pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's so good. It's the best soup I've ever had. Oh my god, I love it. Ooh. Are you okay? Oh. Oh god. Ooh. Oh god. Oh, yes, 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 oh, yes, oh, 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 God, oh. 
Now, I know I'm supposed to say I'll have what he's having, but that was gross. <laughs> the whole bit was gross. <laughs> the best part is that Aaron's wife is giving him the disapproving side eye from the kitchen. <laughs> I watched it happen. Yeah, we're going to go straight from horny zombies eating gross custard and having parts of them fall off to what I would actually consider cinematically a pretty memorable movie meal when Harry met Sally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's pretty, like, the funny thing is everybody remembers that, but they forget why it's happening or what's going on, and it's basically... It was good soup, right? (laughs) I've never seen the movie. It's good soup? (laughs) No, Billy Crystal's like, do you fake your... Do you fake it? Do you fake it? And she's like, all women can fake it. And he's like, no, you can't. I would know. I would know. And then she fakes him out. Now, I'm kind of against faking an orgasm during sex because I don't, for either person, but I don't think it makes sense. Like, if you're not having a good time, just let me know. Be like, hey... I mean, it's never happened to me because <laughs> I've never been with Meg Ryan. And no, dude, like about midway through every relationship I've ever had, I go to a diner, I order soup, and I say, fake an orgasm right now, and I'll be able to tell. And I've always been able to tell in a, in a, in a dining situation. <laughs> I just, I've never understood that. I never understood why you wouldn't just be like, hey, here's a helpful suggestion that would make this better for both of us. That aside, I love the idea of a girl who's so, pardon that almost pun, but cocksure of herself, yeah. that she like throws <laughs> this challenge down during lunch to her best friend, who then calls her on it, and the only way she can prove it is to embarrass everybody in a restaurant. <laughs> 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 I think that's the kind she of... Doesn't, sh- she doesn't embarrass that old lady, though. No, that old lady wanted the fucking soup. <laughs> that old lady was just, she was eating like a BLT, and she's like, this is a little, like, she was on a date. I think she was with a old, another old man, another old, she's like, she was probably bitching the whole time. This BLT is dry. Yeah. Oh, this bacon is overcooked. And then she sees this woman blow her load. She's like, ooh. <laughs> I don't think that woman was saying that's, like, ironically or funny. I think no. she was just, like, trying to get a free meal. <laughs> But I love the idea of a woman who, like, would do that in a restaurant. Like, that's the kind of thing that I'd be like, all right, you just scored a second date. <laughs> I mean, and, and that movie's pretty good, but that is the scene that sticks out, I think, for everybody. So, for sure. <laughs> and I think it definitely is, like, one of the most memorable meals. Well, let's move on from some fun and lighthearted meals to some batshit, crazy, uh, not-so-fun meals. Okay. Like, I'm with you so far. Like when you wake up tied to a chair made out of human parts and a family of cannibals is trying to uh, eat you. Oh, you're talking about when Harry met Sally, too. (laughs) (laughs) When Harry met Sally, too. She'll be what I'm having. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. Uh, uh, No, I'm talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This thing is bananas weird. Mm -hmm. A classic. But, you know, near the end of the movie, our main character, our final girl, wakes up tied to a chair made out of human parts. And the whole family is there, like, leering at her and laughing at her. And they, they try to get creepy grandpa to hit her in the head with a hammer but he's too old and he can't do it and she ends up escaping and and running to the highway for the climactic getaway but this dinner scene is is insane yeah they keep cutting to like close-ups like hyper close-ups of her eye as it's like moving around frantically the family's just cackling and howling like like animals at this point and then like 
the whole trying to get Grandpa to whack her in the head with a hammer is just... And that is one of the most memorable parts of that movie for me, and I think also part, well, partially because of that, one of the more effective parts. But I thought that was like batshit, just like... The movie's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and whether you've seen it or not, you know that there's a guy in a fake, you know, face mask running around with an apron and a chainsaw. Yeah. But, like, I was not prepared for a family trying to kill, trying to encourage uh, a near-dead grandpa who, for all we know, at that point, he might be dead, although I think we see his tongue move around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, like, like, yummy. Mm. Oh, man, that is fucked uh, yeah, he's so old he can't even move, and they are like, "Let Grandpa do it. He's the best. He's the best that ever was." Yeah, and oh man, yeah that that to me is the moment that that movie like shines as being mm. the the gnarly craziness that that everybody remembers of it. Most people don't remember that the first like forty five minutes of this movie are boring. <laughs> We've had this discussion, but yeah, I I, oh. I guess I don't disagree. I give it. I give it some time, but... By the time he puts a chick on a meat hook, that's when that movie takes off. Sure. But there's a large chunk of time before that where they're just, like, wandering around and you have to listen to Franklin. (laughs) 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 Back to meals, though. You know, that part with the hammer is fucked up because, like, they try to give Grandpa the hammer and he, he... just essentially drops the hammer, but it still hits her in the head. If you yeah. watch, like, and I'm, I, whether they used a real hammer or not, like the little nuances of that movie is what makes it real scary to me. Yeah. So having that grandpa all out just swing and destroy her head wouldn't, to me, be as scary as the chaos of the family trying to get him to do it Ugh. and him not being able to. Because for her, if if he had given her a killing blow and just killed her. That would have been it. But to have her not him not be able to hold the hammer and have a hit her in the back of the head, that must be fucking terrifying. Well, and it's going to be like this death of a thousand cuts at this point. Yeah, like, exactly. It's exactly. going to take forever. Yeah. I, she'd be like, here, let me do it. This is going to take forever. Let, just let me whack myself in the head with the hammer. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All these memorable meals, especially when you start to get into cannibalism, I think it harkens back to one of the earliest examples of a, of, of a meal that turns ghastly. Okay. And I'm talking about William Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. That is my absolute, hands-down favorite Shakespeare work. It's amazing. And, you know, people argue, oh, it's not the best written. Screw you. It has gnarly shit. (laughs) (laughs) So much violence, so much blood and guts. It is super gross. And they did a pretty good job with the movie rendition with Anthony Hopkins called Titus. Julie Taymor did this. She's a, a big Broadway producer. Love it. It's so visually interesting, super gnarly. But the big memorable moment is basically Titus Andronicus has this daughter, and he has political rivals in, in the world of the play. And this woman who has two twin sons is his biggest political rival. Mm-hmm. And the two twin sons cut off his daughter's hands and cut out her tongue after they've assaulted her, mm-hmm. which is super gnarly in its own right. Yep. And they cut off her hands and pull out her tongue so that she can't tell anybody or write down who, who attacked her. But Titus knows, and he figures this stuff out. And long story short, a bunch of like twists and turns and revenge, and Titus chops off his hand, and his son gets his head cut off. Everybody's getting murdered. But he ends up capturing these boys, slitting their throats, cutting them into pieces, and baking a pie out of them. All unbeknownst to 
the mother. And then he invites everybody to a big dinner party. And he's serving them dinner. And then he brings out his daughter, kills his daughter. Right. In like a mercy killing, which is super gnarly. And then after they've been eating all this food, the mom's like, where are my sons? He's like, you've been eating them. I've fed them to you. You're, you're asshole kids. I've chopped them up and you've been eating them this whole time. And then proceeds to kill everybody who has crossed him. Right. I love that. It's one of my favorite revenge stories. It's, it's certainly my favorite Shakespeare, and I never thought because it was the most violent and gnarly, but it's just, it's badass. He's a, a very interesting character, I think, and that is a really memorable meal because I don't remember if, do you remember if in the original story, if we know that they are eating the the kids during the meal i don't think we find out till after right i, I think we find remember. out when the fan when the rest of the people do i i just know that he's he collects their blood he tells he he tells him he's collecting their blood and he has a surprise for 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 them so i know that he's like you know that he's preparing them, right but you don't know what he's doing and i believe in the anthony hopkins uh movie the julie tamor one he's got a big chef's hat on and everything in that scene oh it's super weird yeah yeah, I love that. And a lot of you guys, if you haven't read the story or seen the movie or don't know Titus Andronicus, you may still kind of think that this story sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because South Park did their own riff on it, <laughs> in which a character named Scott Tennerman convinces Cartman to glue ball hairs on his face, I believe. He sells him his pubes because he's like, look, look, guys, I'm a man. I got pubes. Oh, and then he just pulls them out and like shows them to him. He's like, Scott Tenerman sold me his pubes for ten dollars, <laughs> and then he wants his money back. And Scott won't give him his money back, and it's this roundabout right, way right. of doing it. And he tries all these different things on on getting a horse to eat Scott Tenerman's penis off, <laughs> and none of these things work. So no at the pony, end, he'll like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets. Eventually, they have a big chili cook-off. Chili con carnival. Yeah. <laughs> and same same situation with Titus. He eats this chili, <laughs> and it turns out it's Scott Tenerman's parents were in the chili. And then it just ends. The episode just like... Everybody's shocked. Yeah, face. everyone's shocked because Cartman's like has done this terrible thing, but he doesn't even relish in it. He just explains that that's the end and, like, walks away, like, drops the mic. He's like, all right, my revenge is over. <laughs> it's, I think it's one of the, like, most well-known early episodes of South Yeah, Park. I agree with and that. It's just, it, I think it's, like, where Cartman crosses that line from being, like, a jerk little kid to a psychopath. Yeah, because there's, like, that's <laughs> heavy. The, the, the name of the episode is actually Scott Tenorman Must Die. Yeah. But he's not trying to kill Scott Tenorman at any point. Oh, my It's gosh. worse than that. Do you like your chitty, Scott? I call it Mr. and Mrs. Tenorman chitty. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that episode. Well, and another big property that has borrowed from this Titus Andronicus is Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are not a big Game of Thrones follower, but there's a monumental, like early on in, 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 in the series, there's a monumental event that happens and it's called the red wedding and right. anybody who follows game of thrones knows what's happening here but basically all your favorite people are dead <laughs> <laughs> and it isn't until much later in the last season that just happened was when we finally see the revenge for the red wedding and aria the the little girl who has now become an assassin kills the head of the family who who basically hosted the red wedding and she she 
first feeds him this pie, and the whole time he's like, where are my shitty sons? Where are my shitty sons? I haven't read Titus. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And they're twins, too, which makes it even more so much of an homage. But she feeds him his own sons, and then he finds, like, a toenail in there, and it's super gross, and then she kills him, and it's gnarly. (laughs) I think that if I was eating a uh, a chili or a pie or whatever made it on my own son, I think that would be disgusting and I'd be sick. But, like, also just regular chili that had a toenail in it would have the same effect. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, here's the thing. If you're having a dinner mm-hmm. and one of your friends who was supposed to be at the dinner is not there, <laughs> stop is, that your, is that your first thing? Stop eating immediately. Yes. You, yes. Whatever you're eating, whether it's pizza, pie, especially if it's, like, like a chili. Like, if your friend's not there and you've heard somebody be like, I wonder where Billy is, like, six times, he's in your in your fucking food. <laughs> like you say, stop eating. Just stop eating immediately. <laughs> if you're like, wait, how many times have you said that? And they're like, two. And you're like, okay, I'll keep eating. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Six, I'm done. Nope, he's in this chili. <laughs> if you have a friend who's always like, how's the chili? Is it good? Do you like it? Do you think Scott would like it? And you're like, what is wrong with Only you? eat chili at a full table. That's <laughs> that, that is the, the lesson there. That is the takeaway. Do you think... The grossness is... Do you think the surprise of the grossness has any... I don't know why the feeding somebody to you without your knowledge has become such a trope. I mean, I think it's just because of Titus Andronicus. But it really is a thing that happens a lot in movies. Yeah, I guess it kind of does. A movie that I really like that has great effects but is super little known is Waxworks. Okay. You've seen this? Oh, absolutely. I dig this movie. I think it's really good. It's really creative. It's kind of, I mean, it's it's weird and cheesy, but right. they go into vampire world. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain this. The, yeah, I inside of a Waxworks, if you step across the velvet rope, you're like, go through a portal and then you're in the scene, you're in the world. Right. And this Waxwork is a horror theme. So like they walk past and there's like a werewolf. And if you go in, you're in the werewolf world, and the guy from Indiana Jones, Sala, turns into a werewolf and rips this guy in half. And then when you come out of when then it cuts back to the the wax museum, the person who got murdered is is in the scene as right. a character, like frozen forever. We should watch that movie. I just asked Rumi if you want to have a a, a a date night where we just watch a movie. We should that would be a good one to that, do. That'd be a pretty solid one. Dead Alive would be a good one too. Yeah. Let's do a twofer. So <laughs> In the vampire scene. I'll make chili. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring, I don't know, someone you care about. (laughs) (laughs) So when they get to the vampire scene, this this girl goes in and she's seated at a table, this dinner table, and it's obviously Dracula and his creepy brides are all sitting around this table and they bring out this, you know, very raw dish, and she's eating it, and she's like, I don't like it, and he's like, it's steak ta-ta. And they're just, like, pouring blood on it, and everybody's, like, slurping it and eating it. It's super gross. And she tries a few bites and is like, no, I'm not into it. Later on in that scene, when she's, like, running away from Dracula and wants to get out, she runs into the kitchen, and this guy is strapped to a table, and his leg has been shorn oh, down to yeah, the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you realize this is what they've been eating the whole time, and it's it's a great effect and a really gnarly reveal. Yeah. That's right. I forgot that movie is so freaking cool. I forgot about that. It gets weird though, because it yeah. it gets into like this like weird murky side like 
S and M thing. <laughs> yeah, which I'm I'm fine with. <laughs> Stay tuned for our S and M episode. <laughs> well, there's only one way to transition, as far as I can think. To get out of eating a man's leg. Yeah, and that is to share this plate of spaghetti with you, Rumi. <laughs> Here, you put this bit in your mouth. <laughs> I'll put this piece in mine. All right, so I got this piece like this. Yep. And now I'm going to take my piece. What? What? No, it's 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 fine. Now just slurp your piece a little bit. Slurp it. <laughs> Ew, Rumi, no. <laughs> Naturally, I feel like we need to go from Waxworks to Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> I think Lady and the Tramp is one of the most memorable memorable meals that I could think of. It's probably, of, of all the ones we've watched on this list, and some of these I've seen real early, Lady and the Tramp was probably the first one that I've seen. And it really isn't a, you know, Lady and the Tramp is a very tropey Disney movie, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, it's a great story. It's a fun movie. And that dinner is super memorable where... Some drunk Italian dude is feeding dogs leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> like, like full on. They put right. the table. There's out. a table. They a got, tablecloth. They got the Chianti with the with the candle <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah, they set a table for the dog. That freaking Italian guy is one of those idiots who has like dog birthday parties and stuff. Mamma mia, you're returning a four today. <laughs> and then, like the fact that the Disney portrays dogs that can like slurp spaghetti with their lips, I think that like if you did the realistic version, they'd lay that down, and before it even hit the table, the dogs would be like, "Well, first of all, they would both go at it, and the tramp would go, and Lady would back off because she's not the dominant dog for sure." Also, just think of this: like, imagine your dog, imagine any, and and you guys listening home, imagine the dog that you're most well known with. Imagine that dog using his lips and sucking motion to slurp spaghetti. Not eat it like a dog would, but to go... <laughs> <laughs> Dogs don't slurp. I don't know that they're even capable of doing that. They but snarf. Literally, they just... Om, om, om. <laughs> they do, I mean... <laughs> uh, it still, to me, is a very memorable meal. It's very, very cute. It's... Almost, I would say, of this list, it's almost one of the most iconic. If you think about, like, how many times the alien meal has been parodied and referenced, I think Lady and the Tramp has been parodied and referenced as many times. As many times, yes. I Slur would think. Slurp a piece of spaghetti into, into steal a kiss. Like a oh, I try to win girlfriends like that constantly. <laughs> and you're left with spaghetti just dangling out of your mouth. Like yeah, because like it's like fuck a, away from me. Like a noodle Cthulhu. They're like, first of all, why couldn't we go inside the restaurant? Why did we have to sit in the back alleyway? <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting by the garbage. Yeah. It reeks of dumpster trash. It reeks of dumpster trash. A real trash. man would have brought me into the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, nothing ruins dinner like the smell of garbage. Or piss. <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite shitty movies, and you guys know I love me some shitty movies, Troll 2. Oh, my God. And now it's funny because when we threw this on the list, I was actually at first, there's two meals in here that are kind of fucked up. First one happens at the very end of the movie. It's the last scene. The little boy runs up. Uh, the, you know, the movie is theoretically over. You, the audience, and the people in the film think that all the threat is done and the scary shit is done. The main family has been living in someone else's house for most of the movie. When they finally come back to their own house and you think that they're safe, 
the little boy finds a clue that these trolls who were menacing them the whole movie may have come back with them. He goes downstairs, and the trolls are in his house eating his naked, zombified-looking mother off of the table, and they're just grabbing handfuls of her. Yum, 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 yum. It's gross, and you see, like, a real gross boob. And I remember as a kid <laughs> being a little confused because it was gross, but also a boob. Um, <laughs> but the trolls are eating her, and it's gross. And that is not the most memorable meal in this. The most memorable meal in this, and I've, I've had to explain this numerous times, the trolls want to turn you into this food that they can eat. The only way they could do that is to have you eat food that has what looks like green toothpaste or green icing. Actually, there's other colors of, of it, too. But they make you eat this goo that turns you into their food. So they've arranged this huge feast for this family to eat. Does the family, like, when they sit down, do they know that it's, like, are they no. just like, oh, look, food. Oh, look, food. But it's literally like, think of corn, corn on the cob, right? Yeah. But someone has taken green icing and squirted it across the top. Wait, so they just walked into a room, saw a feast, and were like, let's eat this shit. Yes. They were, like, transposing houses. So, like, a family of who we as the audience are suspicious of because they look weird like people, they were going to go live in the, in the main character's house, and the people from the, the main characters were going to leave their house. They were, like, switching houses for some reason. And when they walked in and put their shit down, they saw this giant feast. And the main character, the boy, he is suspicious the whole time. Yeah. Partially because the ghost of his dead grandfather has been throwing him warnings and shit. So Joshua, that's the boy's name, the ghost says, Joshua, you need to stop your family from eating that food. So the boy tries, and they're like, fuck you, kid. This is free food. Dude, I'm telling you, mashed potatoes with, like, yellow and green icing on top. It looks weird as fuck, if not suspicious. But the family's like, mm, let's get ready to dig in. Is it anywhere near St. Patrick's Day? No. Well, then, not that we know of. Then there's no reason for food I don't to believe green. there's St. Patrick's Day in Nilbog. That's the name of the town. Because, spoiler alert, there's no trolls in the movie. It's goblins. The whole movie's about goblins, but it's called Troll 2. Also, nothing. Zero percent to do with Troll 1, whose main characters were called the Potters, and the little boy's name was Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but back to Troll 2, memorable meals. So Grandpa's ghost comes and goes, Joshua. And his, his, go his ghost is a floating head like, uh, like Oz. Yeah. Joshua... To, you have to stop your family from eating this meal. I can freeze time, but only for like 30 seconds. You got to figure out what to do in that time. So everyone in the din at this huge dinner table is like about to dig into this food, but they're frozen. And by frozen, I mean the director was like, all right, everyone freeze. Be really still. So hands are moving like a little bit. Eyes are wiggling and shit. And Joshua looks around and he doesn't know what to do. And then he realizes he the only way he can get them to stop eating this food, he stands up, unzips his pants, and then it cuts to the family throwing food out, and the dad is rip shit. Punishes the kid because the kid is now pissed all over the entire <laughs> <laughs> feast. The dad, and the one of the most notable lines of the movie, throws the kid in his room, threaten oh, he says, We're gonna have to tighten our belts like that one meal is like making a dent in their nutritional value. <laughs> he's like, tighten our belts. And then he's like, you can't piss on hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you have, oh, dude, if you have, you've seen that movie, right? Uh, no. Uh, what? I've never seen Troll 2. Hit pause right the fuck now. We need to see it. Dude, my <laughs> sister and I, for Christmas one year, took our parents to the Upright Citizens Brigade comedy show yeah. in New York City. And a, they were doing a bit where a guy came out pretending to be the director of that movie. And he the, I, the whole thing of the bit was like to talk about this obscure movie that was a real thing. Yeah. And he came out and he's like, who here has seen my movie, Troll 2? I was the only one. It was a small theater, maybe 100, 200 people. I was the only one to raise my hand. He goes, fuck you. You didn't see my movie. And then he keeps, he thought I was heckling. He kept going with the bit. Prove it. I say, well, I can tell you it's not about trolls. It's about goblins. He goes, you did see my movie. So the whole rest of the movie, uh, the whole rest of the bit, he's explaining shit. And he keeps looking at me and going, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I mean, I've seen enough about this movie. I've even seen a documentary about how shitty this movie the is. The worst, best movie? Yes. Yeah. I've seen a lot about enough oh, to know enough to know that this kid pisses on your food enough to know that it was not about trolls and that it's a piece of shit, but I've never had to sit down oh. and watch it. Don't say had to. It's it's like a privilege. It's <laughs> it's real good. I mean, so this kid's thought that the best thing to do was pee on it, not just like slap it out on the floor, or like push it off the table, or like. I guess it was a feast, and he. Didn't have enough time I mean, to knock that many things off and also had a full bladder. Grab the tablecloth and just yank, man. Kids are stupid. Remember I made that point? I made that point last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids are stupid and uh, also don't have the bladder control of an adult. So win-win. <laughs> you know, you could laugh all you want. His family didn't turn into zombies. He, did, I mean, he or into food. He did a good job. Into goblin food? <laughs> That's hysterical. A few that we can just quickly mention here. One of my favorite ones, and in the theater, when we saw this movie, the woman behind me threw up. <laughs> and it was during the scene in Hannibal, when Hannibal has really? Ray Liotta tied to a chair, and he cuts off the top of his head, revealing his brain, and then proceeds to cut off a piece of his brain, cook it, and then feed it to it's him. A, it actually, I just watched that within the last couple of months. It's not a great movie. Oh, I love but this it, movie. What are you talking about? Really? It's not as good as the first one. By no, any for stretch. sure. And it, it's this movie, definitely not. The book wasn't as good either. But, but I mean, it's Ridley Scott. Uh, it's hyper entertaining. And he feeds a dude's brain to himself. It is. I got to say, as a movie, I, it doesn't succeed on the level of other movies. And I think it should have. But there are a couple real effective scenes. And that is a good one. It looks great. It it certainly works. I, I wasn't throwing up, but I... The grossness of the scene certainly got to me. I felt it. And I mean, you have Gary Oldman as the creepy deformed guy. I mean, it's, I don't know. I like that movie. I know that it has problems, but I like that movie. All right. I won't judge you. <laughs> I mean, that's a memorable scene, though. Oh, for sure. I yeah, mean, it's super gross. And the whole time, Clary Starling in this movie played by Julianne Moore. She's like about to puke. Like she's just like, no, don't do it, gross. And then she's like, ah, never mind, I'll be a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating brains is pretty good. Uh you know what's worse than eating great brains? What? Eating poop. <laughs> <laughs> Obvi. I've never seen this, but the whole human centipede I, I don't know if it's a trilogy or what now, but like when someone first told me what that was about, I was like, nope, I will never see that. I can't even imagine why you'd watch that. Like I can't, and I still can't. Now, maybe I don't completely grasp what it's about, but if I understand, it's 
ass to mouth the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a scientist captures some people and sews them into. How do you get an hour and a half out of that? How do you get feature length? But well, it's they keep escaping and like trying to escape and like he tells them what they're gonna do and then uh, one of the girls escapes and he's like, "I'm not mad at you es- escaping. I'm actually pretty glad because now I know you're gonna be the middle piece." <laughs> and it's like, ew, super gross. And I, I mean. I don't know how you get to be the front piece, but so I would the, try real hard. Yeah, so the first movie's three people. The second one's like a whole bunch of people, and it keeps going more and more from there, and it's just like super gross. Gross. Yeah, real gross. Gross. I mean, it's shock value. It's it's taking shock value, shock value misery, like sadis, sadism, and just making it gross, you know? <laughs> yeah, super gross. A movie that came out recently that I had a great dinner scene that I really like. Uh, it's Curse of Chucky. It's kind of oh, okay. the movie t- that took Chucky out of being super campy and crazy and kind of brought it back to its roots. I actually like this movie. I know it has some issues, and, and a CGI Chucky is a little weird. But it has a scene in it where these people come over, and they're serving chili. <laughs> they look around, make sure everyone's there. And in the kitchen, we see the little Chucky hand sprinkling rat poisoning onto one of the chilies and, and stirring it in. There's right. like six bowls of chili. And then... From above, you see like the cameras rotating, and it's like turns into this like Russian roulette of you don't know who has been given poison chili. Sure, and there's a lot of like false moments where some guy's like, uh, 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 oh, sorry, sorry, I'm okay. Uh, just something in my throat, yeah. and then you're like, oh, he's fine. And then like somebody takes a bite, and they're like, mm, this is delicious. And like you're like, that was a really strained way of saying that. That's kind of <laughs> weird. But like, and it keeps going around and around. You don't know who it is, and then you find out later. But it's it. It's a great moment of like, holy crap, who's going to die? It's a fun one. And that's a trope that we've seen done a lot of times where someone is someone's food in a, a group of people is poisoned. We, the audience, know that. Yeah. Sometimes we know what bowl it is. Sometimes we don't. And also sometimes the characters will switch the bowls around during the meal. Um, Inconceivable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always a fun one. It, that's, and I like that. It's a, it's a fun thing to watch. It's a good convention to have in a film. Yeah, The Princess Bride's a good example of that. It's not really a meal. It's more of a picnic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a lot of fun. How about moving from that to it's almost the opposite of what we were talking about, how we have comfortable meals. But I love the dinner scenes. There's two of them. In American Beauty, would someone please pass the asparagus? And <laughs> <laughs> eventually throws it against the wall. I really like it. It's very, you know, it's not a horror. It's not necessarily a shock, but it's, it's kind of turning again. Like we said, that convention of the safe place of the family dinner table, completely upside down, and being like, this is the opposite, right? This is the opposite of the American family who's talking about shit. Everyone's complaining. They're fighting. They're they're shitting all over each other. Not the same way as in Human Centipede, but... <laughs> 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 but shitting on each other, metaphorically. <laughs> and I have, I have one more mention, which was growing up, I was very excited to go to college. Yeah. I was always... I mean, my parents always told me, oh, yeah, you got to go to college. College helps you get a good job. And I was on board with that. But I saw the movie Animal House at a pretty young age, and I just assumed that that was just college. Mm-hmm. Not just fraternity, but I assumed that's what college meant. <laughs> and I was so excited. No joke. I thought, like, I didn't think all of those things would happen, but at least some of them. And I remember, first day of Emerson College, going to the dining hall, and there's all this food. You could take as much as you want. You know, it, your parents are paying for it. It was on the card. But, like, you didn't have to pay for individual things. 
And I remember just taking my tray, and as I walked down, I just remember, he- like, in my head hearing, don't know much about history. Boom, boom, boom. Don't know much biology. Boom, 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 boom. But I do know that I love you. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I <laughs> wow, we could go all day. Do, I just, you know where I'm going with this? Are you going to do a zit impression and <laughs> splatter food on my face? I just, the, that, well, it's a fun, to me, the funniest part of that is just Bluto walking down and just taking all that food. And he, he takes a whole sandwich and eats a whole sandwich. He eats one or two hamburgers before he even gets to, like, the table. He takes a thing of Jello and just... <laughs> <laughs> eats the whole Jello thing. I just I love that he's he's biting things and putting it back. I just thought that was such a funny fucking scene. And then he takes that, he insults one of the bad guys, sits down with a table of other bad guys, does the zit impression, and that turns into a food fight. I was food just like, fight. I was like, I cannot fucking wait for higher education. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rumi. Yep. Are you ready for our intermezzo course? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. There's no way you know what that is. You look that up. It's a French name for a course that serves between the entree and something else. Okay. Then then we. <laughs> <laughs> I have some shrimp cocktail here. Okay. Here you go. Okay, I'm on board. Rumi's dancing. There's no ghosts. He's just dancing. <laughs> I think you couldn't talk about memorable meals in movies without bringing up Beetlejuice. Now, we just got to keep track and make sure we don't say it two more times. I want to say it two more times, man. If I could okay, get Michael Keaton here, I could ask him about being Batman. I could ask him. <laughs> I love that you think Beetlejuice comes here and it's Michael Keaton. Like, it's not Beetlejuice. It's Mike. It's the actor playing that supernatural character. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, this is another one of those um, memorable meals that we knew right away from and we've had this for months this this idea memorable yeah. meals just waiting for the right time to do it we thought thanksgiving around thanksgiving time would be a good time to do it this is one that we had on there for a while because it is so much fun you don't really see it coming it's a great i mean i feel like this is another one maybe not as much as alien or lady in the tramp but this is another meal slash situation that is in the public consciousness where you're being taken over by ghosts who are making you dance to this Talime Banana song. <laughs> Does anyone know this song outside of this movie? You know what I mean? Yeah, you... it's, I mean, it's a, it's a classic Harry Belafonte, but this movie put it on... I was like... going to say, how many people in, in, in America today yeah. that were not alive when Harry Belafonte was popular? Yeah, no, exactly. It's It has become... The reason this song is popular is mm. because of this movie. I mean, we could do a whole episode on... Movies that have ch- like like stuck in the middle with you no longer has a sure has a place outside of chopping off a cop's ear. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? It's true, and you can't like uh, I hear I hear that song on the radio way more mm-hmm. than this Harry Belafonte song. Yeah, but if you heard this, would you not immediately? Stand shrimp up. hands, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing that the whole meal culminates with the shrimp hands, right? Yeah. Grabbing everybody by the face and pushing them back. Pushing them back, yeah. yeah. 
and it's great. I, I mean, Beetlejuice is a is a very cool, interesting, fun movie with some creepiness to it. But <laughs> a ton of creepiness. I I dig that movie, and I love the creativity that's put out for it. And then when they finally start scaring the family, trying to get the deets out of there. <laughs> This song is great. Yeah. Well, Rumi, you full? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. All right. You ready to initiate the launch sequence, Yeah, Matt? dude. Let's do it. We haven't done a countdown in a while. So here we go. We'll start at number five, Titus Andronicus. This is one of the earliest examples of a memorable meal that set up all these like cannibalistic courses of like, I'm going to feed somebody to you. And you're like, where are they? They're in your mouth. And you're like, no. Yeah, it's hardcore. <laughs> it's it's been a play. It's been a book. It's been a movie. Multiple movies, multiple plays. And then it fed into that South Park one. Sure. Game of Thrones. So many times it's been redone, rehashed, rebooted to fit the the needs of the film. Yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely one that works for me, and it's creepy as hell. Uh, which brings us to number four, which I think is even creepier, is the Texas Chainsaw Family Dinner. Oh yeah. With uh, hit her again, Grandpa. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that just creeps me the fuck out, man. It's just, and it's not just because my family eats similar like that. That's part of it, but. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, number four, we're going to definitely say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original Toby Hooper. So at number three, a very famous animated meal, Lady and the Tramp, two dogs that prove dogs can slurp spaghetti with their lips. <laughs> <laughs> this is a night, such a beautiful night. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's one of the more iconic ones that we have on this list. And it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That being said, number two, I'm going to have to say, is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, my God. Chilled a monkey brain. Yeah, we got eyeballs and soup. We've got monkey brains. We got snakes inside of other snakes and also beetles, which doesn't seem as bad compared to the other one. Can you imagine this, like... When you go like so it's like someone a meal like a family meal and you look at like like with a friend and you look and you're like fuck I don't want to eat any of this food so you just try to like eat the one thing you like like at that dinner you're like fuck I guess I could eat the soup broth or like the bugs don't look as bad because at least they're not crawling around the table like the snakes. <laughs> Have you ever went over to a friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? <laughs> I mean the macaroni soggy and the peas are mustard. <laughs> the chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> and there's chilled monkey brains and everyone's going insane for the beetles and the snake surprise. And you order the soup and it shows up and it's filled with a bunch of that's awesome and then that song goes on for like 20 minutes awesome that was good Rumi. that was really good we gotta release an album yo launch pad raps i would buy it would, would you guys buy it i'd buy me i'd buy me so hard i'd buy me so hard oh man no that's definitely i gotta say that's definitely number two right yeah so, number one, the most memorable meal mm -hmm. is after you've had a gross spider alien monster strapped to your face and you just need some good food and get back into hypersleep, but that alien left something in your stomach. A baby. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, alien. <laughs> yeah, I, that's got to be... I can't think of a more memorable meal. That's the one that made us think of this episode. Oh. Um, 
it, it, I mean, what a, first of all, it's a great movie. It's a great scene. It's crafted really well. It's acted really well. The effects are phenomenal. It literally gives birth to the xenomorph, right? Yep. So it's, a, it's a different form than we see it later, but it is the first time we see it. We see the double jaw. So amazing. So amazing. It's amazing. It really is. And it's, I mean, I will never forget the first time I saw it. I think a lot of people remember, especially our parents, they remember when they saw it in the movie theater. And yeah, it's like, yeah. what is happening? It was really, I really, really do feel like it was a game changer, right? Changed the game. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Rumi. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Well, I, I'm really happy with this list. I had a fun time with this episode. I feel like we should maybe we should make a Thanksgiving tradition where we watch these movies. I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, I hope everybody here had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you guys ate a lot of food. Hope you had fun with your family. Watch some football. Hope you have some fun ideas to do with your leftover turkey. Get some enchiladas going. Maybe that turkey milkshake. Maybe that like turkey burgers. Maybe some turkey milkshake. What? Who said that? That's worse than human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) In two weeks, we'll have another great episode for you guys. Until then, you can hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at Launchpad Pod. You can hit us up on our website, www.launchpadpod.com. Trip dubs, y'all. Let us know how you guys spent Thanksgiving. Let us know what your favorite Thanksgiving horror movies are. We should probably cultivate a list because there's so many fun ones that are really fly under the, that really fly under the radar. Uh, one of our favorite ones, Blood Rage. If you oh, haven't I seen Love Blood Rage, if you haven't seen Blood Rage, you guys it need ain't to cranberry watch that. sauce. <laughs> it is not cranberry sauce. Todd's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> well, Plug, Rumi, tell them where they can read your review thing about it. Oh, we have a review for Blood Rage on our website at tripdubslaunchpadpod.com. And in our review section, I wrote a fun little review after watching it, and I loved this movie. I had never seen it before, and now it is instantly one of my favorites for Thanksgiving. You ready for Blast Off, Rumi? I am ready. All right, let's do this. Six, five, four, three, two. One, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. All right, guys, that was a great episode. Thanks for tuning in. In two weeks, we have an amazing interview with Bart Mixon, the makeup artist behind the original Pennywise the Clown. He has some amazing stories about designing, developing, and creating the makeup for Tim Curry in the original It miniseries. He has some other great stories about the other movies he's worked on. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Forbidden World, RoboCop. Yeah, you've heard of these movies. They're great. It's a huge interview. It's going to be several episodes worth of content, but be sure to tune in. The first part drops in two weeks. Bart Mixon on the Launch Pad Pod.